welcome back to the Not Just a Bikini Girl podcast. I hope everyone is keeping safe and well. This is your host, Justin Jeffrey. Sorry if you can hear the dog in the background, but, but welcome Holly Davis to the podcast. So Holly is one of my combat athletes. She's a really, really good friend of mine. So we thought it was a good time to get everyone on the podcast because I've been saying to everyone, we need to get you on, we need to get you on. So yeah, why not do it now? So welcome, babe, to the podcast. How are you? Where are you right now? And we'll just take it from there. So, hi guys. <laughs> My name is Holly. I am one of the compact athletes, as Jasmine said. I am currently stuck in my room because there's nowhere to go because of the whole situation. <laughs> uh, so we thought it'd be a good time to get on the podcast to keep us sane being in the house all the time. Um, so I live in Dublin currently, but I actually started my competing journey when I lived in the UK. So I've kind of managed to retain the bodybuilding lifestyle throughout many different aspects of my life and throughout many different uh, job changes. So I'm still hanging on in there. Um, I've actually just started a new position a few weeks ago, um, so I'm focusing on training in for that at the moment. Um, I work in clinical trials, and then I'm also studying at the moment because my exam window for my nutrition exams opened yesterday, um, so I'm keeping busy with that as well. So yeah, there's a lot going on <laughs> at the moment. Just a little bit busy. Just a, just little, a little bit. Because <laughs> I remember when I first set up Compaq, I think, yeah, it was less than a month in. I always remember you emailing me because I remember you were going for purely and you weren't sure whether the jewelry was going to come in time. I think it was quite like a short time frame. And I just remember looking at your email signature and I was like, Cambridge University? I was like, what? I was like, I remember <laughs> saying to you, what the hell? Like, you're on prep and you seem to be doing this really like high profile job of some sort. I don't know what it is, but it sounds really cool. Good for you. <laughs> I just remember yeah. that. really clear. You saved me though, because at the time, like I was trying to figure out where to get all the pieces I needed. And I was like, oh, maybe try Amazon, maybe try eBay. But I was like, oh, I don't have that much time. Like I have so much to get. And then trying to find shoes from selling that weren't going to take forever to arrive. And you're like, to try and pick and choose everything from different places was so overwhelming for a first time competitor. So that literally saved my life. And then when I got the little pack with the little card that said like, good luck in your show and everything, it was so nice. So that really, really helped as a first timer because I was petrified and doing it alone because I didn't know anyone that competed um around me or anything so I was I felt a lot more like I was a part of something yeah. when you took the time to kind of take care yeah oh, you're welcome yeah. so you <laughs> all these off. years ago <laughs> you started off at Purely then didn't you that's your first show it's yeah so my first show on. my first show was April 2018 so I started prep January 2018 I did that show and then I did UKUP Body Power after that and then I did PCA Norwich um, and then I stopped competing then and then I started prep again in 2019 in May, like literally the, the Monday after Body Power, which was cool because I got so like motivated when I went to Body Power and saw everyone competing on the stage and I was dying to get back to it. Um, so I basically prepped from May all the way until pretty much the end of November last year. And then finally, <laughs> I had a long season. I didn't anticipate it to be that long. So I started yeah, prep in May. I was aiming for a show on the 1st of September. So then I did the show, which was in Cork in Dublin. And I ended up coming first. Uh, so that qualified me for UK DFBA finals. Um, but then in the meantime, I also did the Pure Elite that was on in Dublin because it was near my house. And I thought it would be a good opportunity to try something new or different. Um, 
And then I did the UK DFBA finals and then I did the world finals, the WNBF world finals in New York on the 16th of November. So it was quite a lengthy prep, <laughs> long time of dieting. Um, so yeah, I just transitioned out of that in end of November, December, and then kind of trying to get used to the off-season life since that, because I was so used to being on prep, it was just so normal to me that this, the off-season, transitioning to off-season and off-season itself is the firing thing. Like I find that really, really difficult, whereas I find the prep much easier. I'm just so used to being in a routine, having the structure, you know, ticking off the boxes every day. And I kind of, my type of personality prefers that rather than trying to uh, get used to the balance that everyone claims you should have in off season. I think that's a bit more difficult when you have like a type A kind of extreme personality. It's almost more of a challenge than the prep. Mm. So how, obviously you've kind of spoken about it on your Instagram, but how have you felt and how, what sort of things have you kind of learned this time going from your off season? So going from your prep into your off season now, because I guess this is your first fully like you did it off season last year but I think you're taking a little if I'm correct you're taking a little bit longer off stage this time yeah so last year yeah last year was difficult because when I competed at body power I qualified for finals which I intended to do all year but this is where I always advise people to try not to do early shows because I had to try and maintain that stage condition throughout the whole summer and then in between that, I left Cambridge, I moved back to Dublin, I started a new job, and then my family moved home, moved houses like three or four times, so it was just manic, and I ended up just not doing the finals in the end, so I, I held condition for a lot longer than I than was probably wise, um, so then I ended up doing a proper off-season from November till May, so it really wasn't that long, um, so this time I really want to invest in a whole year off, because I think especially like when you're small frames to begin with, it does take a lot of time uh, to grow and develop and improve yourself. And the longer, it's kind of like the law of diminishing returns because the longer you train, the less progress you'll make in a given amount of time. You really have to rinse out all of the potential things you can get out of an off season and optimize everything, make sure everything's in check. Whereas when you're a newbie, it's a bit easier to make progress. So I wanted to invest fully in like a good year off season, making sure everything is in the right place, health markers, sleep, stress, training, nutrition, everything, and just give myself that time off. And also because I'm starting this new role now, um, it'll involve traveling to the UK about nine times a month. Um, and I don't know how I'd be able, because I've been traveling so much last year, I traveled throughout my whole prep to the UK with work and being on the road and being in random hotels. I'm not sure how that would work out with prep. So I'd like to kind of go a whole year experiencing getting accustomed to it before I try and embark on a prep again. And also, I just think you need the time off. I think trying to do it season after season after season is just not healthy psychologically or physiologically. And from a scientific perspective, because I am a scientist, I try and practice what I preach and do what is logical to me. So it just makes sense. And I think like people who are afraid to invest in a proper off season are almost afraid to get to know themselves and embrace themselves for things that aren't to do with how lean you are, how shredded you are, you know, being a competitor you kind of have to get to know and appreciate yourself being a normal human being which is what I have found that I have tried to um take into account now because I was so used to just being off the lean girl you know the shredded girl the girl who's always competing and I had to find my own identity when that's not me anymore um and you kind of have to figure out what you stand for what your where you place your values and your worth and who you really are and that so yeah it's quite a difficult transition really and I think a lot of people go through a hard time trying to 
go from one extreme to the other because you're going for getting leaner and leaner and leaner and all of a sudden that is not your goal anymore and you kind of have to reevaluate your whole life like what am I doing what's my goal what's the point do I really want to keep doing this you know if you don't embrace and appreciate and invest as much time into your off season like I I don't know whether you're in love with just the competing aspect or whether you really love bodybuilding that's the thing so it's kind of a tricky balance so what would you advise people now going through it for the second time because I personally found that transition from pro to off season the second time around I found it was that slightly harder Um, I find it harder as well yeah definitely what advice like would you give to people who are just about to go into maybe like their first one or their second like transition out I think number one is don't be afraid to talk about it to people because I know it's very, it's, it's attractive to, to look like you have your shit together, you know exactly what's going on, you're okay, you know, you've got everything together, but it's okay to be honest and to ask for help because when you are honest, you've no idea how many people will reach out to you and tell you, I've been going through the exact same thing, I'm so glad you said that. And that's why like when I went through my transition, I was very open and vocal. Like I, I didn't try and be negative, but I was honest about how difficult I was finding it and I had people messaging me saying thank you for saying this because I have been having I've been really struggling sticking to my reverse diet I've been either going off the rails or being too rigid I've gained too much weight I've gained not enough weight and I just wanted someone to say they were in the same boat so I didn't feel as alone so I think that is really important to speak up about it because it is really hard and like everyone always says that the reverse is always harder than the prep itself because you're expected to loosen the reins but not loosen the reins enough where you gain too much weight too quick and kind of ruin your off season too fast and you have to mini cut too soon and you know everything's all over the place you're, you're trying to stick to this uh structured reverse but at the same time your hormones are all over the place like your appetite singles are all over the place as soon as you get like a small bit extra food your leptin and ghrelin and all these different hormones just are completely all over the place and out of whack so you might have more food, but you might be even hungrier than you were during prep. Um, so it's just a complete mixed bag of signals and you don't really know where you are. So I think it is really important to be honest about it because so many people have been through the same thing. And I really don't know anyone that has said that the aftermath has been easy because it's not. And then you have all your friends saying, oh my God, like you're normal again. Like, let's go out to eat. And you have to tell them like, oh, I can't go mad because I, I don't want to, you know, because you're in such a prime position to gain body fat at that point you don't want to go completely off the wall but you also want to enjoy the things you couldn't enjoy so it is like a very difficult time I think it does I I feel like the next time I will be better equipped for it Uh, but I did find this one harder I think because my prep was so much longer and I was so used to just holding condition for so long that it was just a routine it was just so easy whereas in my previous prep I had not really I was kind of technically on prep until I decided not to compete but my head wasn't in it my heart wasn't in it I wasn't really sticking to it at all so I kind of transitioned into that off-season mindset already um whereas this time I was so focused on getting to New York and making it through and like I'd overcome so many different challenges to get there um that it was hard to give it up at the end and especially towards the end because I had done quite well throughout the whole season and then when I got to New York I didn't place um and the show itself was like it was long it was tiring everyone was knackered um so I think it was a bit of an anti-climax then I was thinking like oh, I, I don't want to end the season at this stage I feel like I'd like to keep going and like end on a high but then obviously I couldn't have gone on any longer so that was hard but it kind of makes me think okay I know that I can get lean that's not hard for me um I know 
I can practice my posing and get better at posing, but like, I know I need size. And the only thing I can do is take the time away to do that. And that's, that's the feedback I got was like, you know, everything's fine. You just need to have more muscle, which is fair enough. So I feel better in myself knowing that I'm investing the time that I need to make the improvements I need rather than rushing back into it just because I feel like I have unfinished business. Cause what's that going to do if I end up looking the exact same, you know, there's no point in that. And I wouldn't want to come back looking the same anyway. So. Mm. How do you feel about, you mentioned that your feedback was more size. Mm-hmm. I personally think every single time you compete, that is pretty much what they, they always say that. Um, like that's what I've personally found myself and through others. So how do you mentally like, deal with that because you're going to put all this work in and then you're most likely just going to get the same feedback like yeah mentally how is it i think that's quite a hard one to swallow because you put all that work in and most likely you're just going to get the same feedback again and it's like a like how do you stay like i guess motivated when potentially that's always going to be the case like you're always going to be chasing that size when if you're natural and slash or if you're natural and slash or if you're female like you know what i mean like they those factors do play into it and it does make it harder for us um yeah to that i think you have to learn that you have to take judges feedback with a grain of salt like when i got my scorecard back from wnbf you saw all the judges what they marked you out of 10 and they were so variable like my range was huge like some people placed me and some people didn't place me at all um but then my end up score was right in the middle obviously because that's the average um and so that was really hard to take into account because everyone has different opinions so like you do have to take with a grain of salt you can I always think get the feedback have a look at it but then at the end of the day like trust your coach and trust like other sources around you that you like you trust their opinion to see what you need um because on the because they have so many competitors like when you message them two weeks later like are they really going to remember you really like you know everyone always needs to be bigger that's like the generic term they can kind of just fling at you and you always need bigger glutes and you know a better tie-in and you know uh cap more cap shoulders whatever and it's kind of generic so you kind of just have to take it what it is but I just feel like at that point because I haven't really had a proper long off season because I'm natural and because I had been prepping for so long I knew that like I was lacking the pop that I probably could have had if I hadn't dieted for so long um so like I I understood and like I think in the WNBF as well this is what the issue is I found that across the different shows I did like the criteria they looked for was so different like for UK DFBA they they like condition like not as much as PCA but they do like you know leanness um they like definition but then when I went to WNBF it is it's kind of like a mix between WBFF and IFBB because it is mandatory poses but they were very fluid relaxed like no one was really flexing anything it was all kind of like just kind of hanging a bit more casual I've never so heard my, of that mix in my life WBFF yeah, I never thought weird, I'd hear that yeah mix. it was a bit of a weird because if you look um uh, like if I look at the footage like myself and uh Ree, who's the English girl that came as well we're very like kind of everything is flexed you know you're showing off everything you're trying to make yourself as presentable as, as possible and the other girls were a lot more relaxed it was a lot more flowy uh, so that seemed to be what they preferred um so it, it was funny because the UKDFBA is affiliated with the WNBF but they kind of have different criteria which is what I said to Lee and Amy as well and I said that to Mark who's the guy that runs the Irish affiliation for that as well um 
that we kind of need to try and uniform the posing because it was quite different and when I got to Worlds I had to relearn posing and I was doing posing lessons with Charlie because I need help to try and translate it into more of the American style and I was watching like YouTube video after YouTube video and it was just like very different um so that was tricky because you're going from all these different shows and they all want different things so you, if you try and do everything you won't be good at anything if you try and fit one thing exactly you won't fit another one so it, it, it was kind of difficult um so yeah because even like Lexi she earned her pro card at UK DFBA finals and then I think she placed fourth at Worlds which she, I don't think she was happy about at all because they just weren't looking for the UK style bikini girl there it was a US style which was kind of different so that's yeah. the thing about bikini it's probably the most uh variable category you could do because no one really knows exactly what it's meant to look like <laughs> there's so many of us but they still haven't figured that out have they they haven't, and like every federation wants something completely different, uh, which is good because I feel like there is probably a federation that suits everyone, but it's hard when you're confused at where you fit. Yeah. Once you find it, you're fine. But if you aren't sure, it can be quite confusing, especially yeah. as a beginner when they're trying to figure out what, what the hell, what show should they do. Yeah, I always say to people, especially the first time, just more with it, mate. Like if you place in your first show, you've just, sounds bad, you've hit the federation, you've hit lucky, like because mm -hmm. you've got so many federations to choose from for example you've got a one in 15 chance of hitting your first federation correctly and if you've hit that great the first time fantastic if you haven't it's fine there's 14 of the chances you've got mm -hmm. so it's just yeah go go with the flow just yeah you have to try an error that's the thing um because but yeah it is nice when they all look for different things so you will find one that suits you eventually but you just have to like if you really love bodybuilding you'll commit to it and you'll work at it but it can deter a lot of people because it can be quite soul destroying after an entire prep to still not figure out where you quite fit yeah so is that how you feel at the moment um no because i think i think the uk dfba and the nbfi which is the irish one so you should be very well and i really liked that um and i did well with the with the uk dfba as well um and i didn't try ifbb so i still have avenues to explore um but yeah i think if I think if I even like placed in New York, I would have felt a lot better. But I think towards the end, I was just knackered and I was just fed up and it was kind of like a bit of a, a slump towards the end. Um, but I am like really, really determined to come back. Like, I think that's what kind of makes or breaks a competitor. If they have a, if they have a season and after it, they think, oh God, I never want to go through that again. Or if they think, okay, I did this, I did well, but like, here's how I can, how I can do better. Here's how I can improve. Here's how I can come back. And be stronger and that's how I feel exactly as soon as I stopped I was like I can't wait to get going again but I know the steps I need to take and the time I need to take to get to where I want to be and I'm willing to make that investment yeah definitely definitely you did really well last year I think mentally as well to go from the I think your last show well your second to last show was September and then to maintain condition for two, pretty much two months like that's hard yeah and two coaches. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we had a bit of a transition the, um, in the middle as well. <laughs> yeah, get the two coach switch. Um, yeah, so that was rough. <laughs> Laura did great from Girl Games. She brought you in well. Um, she was incredible. Like, she peaked me so well for the shows. I couldn't get over, like, considering, like, I... When did I start working with her? I think I did two shows in September. And I think the last week in September, I think I was, like, two or three weeks out from UKDFBA finals. She took over and she peaked me so well. I was so impressed. 
um and then she did a great job for um WMBF as well which in my opinion was my favorite look that I had because I just loved that kind of style um I just and I loved the bikini that George made for me the blue one I loved that one as well so I think I I felt my best with that um and she did so well taking me on I feel really appreciative because I know a lot of coaches wouldn't take you on at that point because they do like to get to know you but I think because I was already in condition at that point we could kind of play around at repeats we could um kind of trial and error things with the practice in advance and she just kind of inherently knows like if I started gaining weight and gaining weight instead of cutting my calories she gave me like four rest days in a row and four refeeds in a row and then day by day I drop weight drop weight drop weight so she has this like intrinsic ability to know exactly what to do um and it, it also was nice having a woman at that point to like talk to and from an emotional perspective because she obviously has been through it herself she knows what's going through your head uh, so that was really and I was really really fortunate to have her for that yeah I mentioned that um on the podcast with Helen because she's coached by it. I just I do love the way she peeps people and she like she always says bikini girls still need to be fed at the end of the day like yeah mm-hmm. I'm just not refeed them at all like it is a little bit silly but yeah I just love the way that she does it especially with, like obviously Deborah and all the other ones that she coaches um yeah she's good she's a good egg. and Martina as well yeah. Martina looks amazing too. Yeah, she has good athletes. But... That peak week for PTA London. She goes, I've had about two cheesecakes this week. I was just like, Yeah. And then like before I went on stage, I had to eat like two Reese's peanut butter cups. And I was like, okay, this is fine. I don't mind. Yeah, it was it was nice to have that because like obviously because the more and more I learned from nutrition point of view, I could see like the physiological reasons for refeeds and for like replenishing glycogen and, you know, making your muscles look fuller and everything. So when I didn't have those refeeds or that carb load, it was kind of going against my scientific brain at that point, but I was kind of just doing what I was told because, you know, you don't really want to think and prep. You just want someone to tell you what to do and you just get on with it. You don't have the brain capacity to question anything. Um, so it was nice to feel like she, we were on the same page and she, I think she's an MNU nutritionist as well. Um, so she knew exactly what to do and she was absolutely brilliant. I think another one of my friends is going to start working with her soon as well because I just like sing her praises to everyone. She was just like really, really put my mind at ease. Oh no, it's good. It's good. Laura's a good egg. Laura's a very, very good egg. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. So with the situation right now, Ireland shut down sooner than UK, didn't they? We actually, people keep saying that to me. We actually haven't been locked down. Interesting. But, you're but you know what the difference is? That Irish people do what they're told. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> uh, your, your gym shut sooner, didn't they? My gym, yeah. So my gym shut a good few weeks ago now. And I remember like, my gym shut, so then I started using my work gym, and then my work gym shut, and then I've been working from home. This is the second week I've been working from home now, so it, ha- it did happen quite quickly. But like our shops are still open, like restaurants can open if they want to, but they're advised not to. We can still go out and about and everything, but we are strongly advised. They're actually releasing a statement later today. I think they're going to crack things down a bit more. I'm not sure whether they're going to have a, a soft lockdown like you guys have had, but um, yeah, it's weird, weird times. Um, so yeah, the only thing that I feel has been good is having the challenge of like trying to create a home gym (laughs) because I feel like that is a really good test on my exercise mechanic knowledge and everything I've learned from like Integra and the Muscle Mentors and being coached by Luke on uh, what I can do with the limited amount I have. Um, so that's been a fun aspect of it. 
I've been noticing, yeah, you've been doing, um, your gym looks pretty good. I was like, I like, oh, which one was that? Something you put on your Instagram stories today and you use what I would have used for a leg extension, but you used it for something else. I was very impressed. Oh yeah, we used it as like a one-arm row. Yeah, that one. I was like, that's yeah. it. So me and Luke got on a call like the other day and we basically had this huge brainstorm and I had like this whole page full of ideas for every single muscle group, how we can work it, what's trial and error. And then I've been doing them all and like filming them and sending them to him to see what we could do. And we have another call actually later on today so we can try and get things together because it's actually been quite fun, but I would like a bit of structure back because obviously you're so used to putting the gym into your daily routine. When you don't have that anymore, you're kind of a bit lost and it's nice to have that peace of mind that you you know, you have your routine, you have your structure. So I'm trying to like put another plan together that I can do at home. But it's been fun having that little gym there. I actually picked up another piece of equipment today from like online. And it's, I think it's kind of like a lap pull down. So we'll see if I can get, fit that in because that'll be useful. Fit in the door? No, I have a pull up thing coming as well. It's like, it's kind of, it's like a lap pull down machine, but it also has like a pec deck. It's kind of like one of those multi-gym things. Whether it's going to be, good or not I don't know but it was cheap so I just got it but it's like mad how much the inflation for gym equipment has gone up now that you're kind of like trying to scrounge for anything you can so, um, so yeah, I'm lucky I have all those like cuffs and stuff already from training because they've definitely come in handy and like the DC chains and the climbing ropes and everything that we use yeah. as part of our training we haven't got that much to be honest we've got like a lot of resistance bands um we went to joe's friend's house he's quite lucky actually the way his garden's set up so he's got like technically three separate gardens and there was like this middle garden that he's like uh, basically he's gonna say to his kids like just don't go in there um and he's got all the gym stuff out and it's a couple of um like dumbbells and kettlebells but they're like 20 kg i'm like i can't bicep count <laughs> No. They're quite heavy, but I think Joseph yeah. did some sort of um like power rack of some sort. So we can do like RDLs, um, put up like it, well, apparently it's meant to be quite a universal machine. Well I don't know, I'll just leave it to him, but yeah. I know. Like at least you have him to help you out and you kind of figure it out together. But I'm just here on my own being like, okay, what do we do? Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, oh, no, yeah, lie. and you can kind of like man manually resist each other as well. Like you can see, like the muscle mentors have been doing on their Instagram. Only works one way though. When I'm like weak as hell and Joe's like pull harder, I'm like mate. You need to get Hunter to help you out as well. <laughs> <laughs> Hunter's just running the other way, like oh for yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think we're picking up Joe's dad's bike today because I'm meant to be doing cardio. And Joe's like, oh, just do like the pads. I was like, yeah, but there's only so much of like pad work I can do. And my arms are like weak anyway. So I was like, oh. I thought you had a bike in the house. Well, we got rid of it about six months ago. Like idiots we are. Um, so oh, no. we got rid of it because it was kind of, di- it sounds bad, but like the- it was kind of dying anyway. So it was just collecting yeah. dust. But yeah, mince my words, got rid of it. And now I'm completely regressing it. But yeah, Joe's. Um, oh, it's so annoying. Yeah, Joe's dad ain't using it though, so we just said, look, can we just take it? Um, we said leave it outside. Yeah. Me. So yeah, yeah I'm meant to be doing cardio as well at the moment, but I have not done it <laughs> because I've used, I was like, oh, I don't have a gym. Damn it, I can't like track my heart rate. It's just so annoying. <laughs> because you you used to do like twenty k steps, aren't you, in a day? Yeah. So in my previous job, I was a clinical trial coordinator, which when you're a coordinator and you organize everything 
you literally do everyone's job for them, basically. So I was running all around to the pharmacy, to the medical towers, to the consultants, like all over the place, collecting 20,000 steps easy. Started in my new job and also being home all day, I am so sedentary and it's making me go mad. Like one of my goals this week is to just get to 10,000 steps because even that is hard and requires me going on like two proper walks a day. Mm-hmm. And I used to be really jealous of everyone working from home, like all online coaches who were able to work from home. I was so jealous because like, oh, you don't have to trek out to work every day and do the commute. But now I miss it because it is nice being able to like compartmentalize your work and your training and your study and your like social life and everything in different sections because when I'm at home all day everything rolls into one you don't know what time it is what day it is where you are you've no idea so uh, yeah it's been so I've just had to make an effort to like get out get some sunlight get some steps in because I'm so used to being active that I, I just feel so odd being sat here all day yeah it must feel very very strange for you not it is so odd I had to make effort even easier now with the dog but still it is it can be a challenge especially when you are working from home it's only yeah. so many times you can go to the toilet and go and get a drink and it adds up to like 50 steps you're like yay fantastic i know yeah <laughs> i figured if i go and get a coffee from the coffee shop near me twice that's 10 days of steps so uh it just gives me an excuse to go get coffee at least so, you the coffee places are still open that's good there's one open there's one shop that used to do coffee and they've shut now there's that one but it's like so weird because when you come in the door, they honestly start retreating as if they're afraid of you because they don't want to be near you. And then I went to get coffee today for my dad um, and the cafe had like glass screens in front of the whole cash register and everything. And there's X's on the floor where you're allowed to stand and there's like arrows pointing where you can go and which way you can go. And they're only allowed, they have one guy at the door letting people in one at a time. So it's really policed, like it's mad. But like they're open for now, but who knows how much longer. So... So from yeah, a scientific point of view, I'm not saying you're, what's the word, genetic, no, vaccine disease specialist. I'm just going to go Immunologist. With. That one. What, say that again. <laughs> Immunologist. Yeah. You're not that thing. Yeah. But, or a virologist. Um, <laughs> can you tell that I'm just so not like. <laughs> that, <really>? one. <laughs> yeah, that one. Um, what, how long do you think this is actually realistically going to go on for? It is so hard to know because it completely depends on whether people adhere to the guidelines, if like the healthcare system can handle the amount of pressure being put on it, like how people are recovering. Because they said originally, like it only really affects people badly if you have underlying conditions or if you're in like a vulnerable position or you're elderly, but it seems to be affecting younger and younger people who don't seem to have underlying issues. And obviously like as, as it progresses, the virus can mutate. Um, so there's so many factors at play. So and apparently we have yet to reach peak at the moment. So who knows? I think the best thing to do is just do exactly as you're told and try and minimize the time as much as possible. And I know it's really, really difficult because people are getting anxious staying inside and it can be depressing and scary. And all you want to do is get out and see your friends. But like, it's almost like an investment in our future. Um, doing what's right now so that like the quicker we adhere, the quicker we'll be out of it and over it. And it's going to take time to reach peak it's going to take time to recover but you know that's the reality we're facing and it's it is scary but like I think everyone just has to kind of do what we're informed to do by the experts because they know better than us what to do yeah um, you know so and it annoyed me as well like during the week when people were saying like oh you know I feel sorry for everyone that has no gym to train in like I'm lucky I have a secret gym to go to and it was like they were boasting about the fact that they were 
not adhering to the guidelines and I just think in this time you just have to be selfless you can't be thinking about yourself and that you won't be affected because you're healthy because who knows who you can pass it on to and you know everyone knows someone vulnerable in their lives and you don't want to be responsible for making them sick mm. or passing on to them it's just not fair like my my brother and my dad were meant to go see my grandma in England last week and they had to cancel because you know they miss her obviously but you can't be self selfish in this situation and think about yourself because there are vulnerable people out there who are going to pick it up and yeah you don't want to be responsible for that you want to do your due diligence as a good citizen and as a human and stick to the morals that you should be having yeah um, Oh, yeah I just think I felt very strongly about that when it annoyed me when people were saying like oh I feel sorry for you guys but I I have somewhere to train as if that's all that matters like obviously we all need to keep healthy we all need to train for our mental health because that's what we love to do but you can't do it to the detriment of other people it's just not fair yeah that's very true that's very very true I, I think I'm, for me it's more like that my gran really do miss my gran so much and even that's the thing and like even like did you have was it Mother's Day last Sunday for you yeah. guys? So many people couldn't see their parents. People saying, like, I love to see my mum give her a hug, so I can't even go near it. And I'm like, that's devastating. And, like, partners that live apart, like, if your boyfriend and girlfriend lives a while away and you can't see them, like, I understand how hard that much must be. But it is temporary. And the sooner you do it, the quicker you'll get to see them again, you know. So it's just... But it's hard because no one has ever lived through this before, so we don't actually know what to expect. It is so different to anything we're used to. We're not used to being on lockdown. Like, like this is something you would see in like horror movies or crime movies or something like completely over the top. Like you'd never expect this to be reality, but here we are and we've all had to adapt and it is hard. But what I really love is that like, I feel like like, there's a real sense of camaraderie that has been built and developed among people. Like even though we're so far apart, you're spending more time like FaceTiming people, chatting to people, all the community feel of like everyone helping each other out. Like loads of people putting out all this free information on how to, you know, make sure your training is okay about your mental health or they're doing like like free yoga online sessions, free PE sessions, free PT sessions online, like lives. Like that is so nice. And I feel it is really amazing to see what the community and can do for each other and support each other in times of need. And I feel like it's only in these kind of times that you really realize the goodness of people. Yeah, 100%. It's funny though when you see people like, buy my home workout guide. Yeah. Not the time, mate. No. No, it's definitely not. Just stop. No. Give it out. Yeah, no, it's hard. When people are making money out of, you know, providing ebooks and stuff like that, it's obviously difficult. But there are some people giving out free information and helping others and available for talks and advice and everything. So I think that's really, really nice. Yeah. Uh, and leading on from like the parent situation for Mother's Day, I, I, my mum, she came over on Saturday, obviously kept the distance, but I got really angry at her. I was like, what are you doing here? I was like, oh, I'll come to give you stuff. I was like, yeah, but mum, you need, I was, I, I was really on it without, I hated being that person. But the next day I just said to her, we're not, like, you're, you're, I said to her, you're banned. I was like, you can't come over. Because she goes to see my gran, even though, mm-hmm they've got a little setup now that my mum goes into the conservatory um, and that's my grandma doesn't go into conservatory now that's the way that like they make contacts and stuff but yeah I just thought I've just can't I just don't want to risk it anymore it's just really not worth it it's so difficult though because you're so used to giving your mum a hug and 
you know being close and everything it, it is really really difficult but you just have to like I'm lucky that I live with my parents and my family at the moment like my brother had to come home from he was living in the UK because he was like literally sitting in his room on his own the whole time so he's here so the whole family are here at the moment and I'm lucky for that um but it, like it is hard and like if like it's really easy for your mind to wander and get really anxious to overthink and overanalyze things that you might be worried about because you don't have that social interaction and you can't meet up with your friends for a glass of wine or a movie night and it is difficult but like you just have to realize that you can still go out go outside like go for a walk communicate with people through social media and through your phone because like 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 make the most of the options you have mm because like we're all in this together that's the one thing that kind of pulls us all together is that we're all going through it it's not it doesn't like discriminate against people like everyone is in this together and we all need to pull through for each other yeah couldn't prove it better myself bobs because <laughs> i don't personally think i don't know i'm trying to stay hopeful that potentially then you know things do settle down which allows us to go back to normality but I was looking, doing the calendar, and I was like, I don't know if these dates at the end are even going to last. I, I know America have got, they started promoting some shows in May, but I think they've been a bit naive to think it's going to be over that quickly, to be honest. That's the thing, and like, I just don't see how that could still go ahead. It's just... And also, I think, like, what I really liked what some of the federations did is that they said, look, we really care about our athletes. We don't want to put on any shows until basically September, October, because we don't want anyone to be on prep right now because you will have a compromised immune system. You know, your energy availability is really, really low. You're going to be weak. You're going to be prone to getting sick. And we don't want any of our athletes in that position. So we're not going to put on any shows until later in the year. I think that's a really responsible decision to make because you would lose out a lot of money for that. And it, they're not making any sort of profit from that. They're probably losing out a lot, but they care. So I think that is something they should consider because it's not easy being on prep at the best of times. You're always run down. You're always tired. You're always feeling low. So to, to put yourself in that position when there is this global pandemic it is not a great idea in my opinion. So, And I feel really, really sorry for all the competitors that had to stop their prep journey early or, and didn't get a chance to make it to stage. But I do think it's in the best interest of their health. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I um I turned at two bros and it was okay. Like we kept all our distances and all that sort of thing, but yeah, it I thought you just don't want to take chances because no. like even if you say like you know two meter distances, you're gonna be on stage together. If there's pose downs, is there a two meter different distance between people? Yeah. No. Like if you're getting pictures together backstage, you're not gonna be standing two meters apart. You know, Imagine. it's impossible. It's impossible to implement that. You just can't do it. So and they're all tired, they're all weak, they're all, you know, lacking in extra energy to fight off potential anything that's going to come their way or any pathogens. Um, and putting all these pretty much immunocompromised people in one position in one place is just, in my opinion, not, ris not a responsible thing to do. Um, so I'm glad they've all been put off now. And, like, it is heartbreaking, but at the same time, like, it's for the greater good. And I'm sure, like, no one wants prep enough for it to cost them their lives. So, yeah, you can always do next year, to be honest. Worth There's it. always time, and you know that you can come back better. Like, putting prep off and putting the show up just means you'll come back more improved. Yeah. You won't come back worse, you'll come back better. If you handle it right, if you stick with your coach, if you, you know, do a good reverse, if you continue to eat and train and do everything you can, 
like it's never a bad thing to wait you know you, there's such a thing as competing too early but not too late because there's always time to make improvements that's very true actually i like that little quote mm. you just said about it's never too late but there is too early it's true yeah because you can always make improvements you can always get better in some way you can always invest in more posing lessons a, a good coach more training so that's how I see it. I'm like, I'm okay with taking this whole year off because I know there's no way I will come back without making improvements. And that to me is more exciting than prep itself at the moment. So, Do you think you're, you'll stick with um, UK DFBA? Like, what have you started thinking ahead at all with what your plans will be? I don't know. Like, I really like the IFBB look, but I think it is hard because the longer... Um, the longer the shows go on and the more I'm in it, the more I see how much assistance is being used in untested federations. And I don't think everyone does it, but I think a lot of people do. And it can be hard when you're a small female with like, I wouldn't say I have superior genetics um, and being natural, it can be hard to be competitive against people like that. But at the same time, like I don't want to have these self-limiting beliefs that push me back because the worst that can happen if I, attempt it and is that I don't place and you know what like what's the end of the world I've experienced it I've, I've enjoyed it um, and I've tried so I think I would like to try that next year especially if I have a whole year to grow because a lot of bikini girls don't really give themselves enough time to see how they could reach their genetic potential naturally and um, so I'd like to give myself that chance um, but I did love the UK DFBA and the NBFI which is the Irish one um, I really 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 like how they run their shows they're so well organized they look after their athletes so well like even in Ireland, in my Irish show, they had like a set stage time, which I've never had before. And it was like completely adhered to. It was like on, 20 minutes later, off. Then he could, like they did the placings right there. Then you could leave and go about your day. And you weren't waiting around all day for a placing. Um, so yeah, I really, really liked that. But I suppose it depends. Like I have so much time and who knows what, what will be on, what will be the best federation by then. Because obviously there tends to be like, phases of one federation being like the biggest one and the most popular one and then the next year might be something else so by 2021 like who knows will there be a new one coming to the surface will there be like a most popular one or would there be like you, you don't really know to be honest um so I'm keeping my options open anyway I'd like to continue kind of trying different posing styles and seeing what suits me best and I just I love all the different posing styles anyway I think it's so much fun trying to like like had trial and error and try different styles it's just really really nice well, I think um, you've gone from you've done posing with Kate Cummins haven't you Charlie, yeah Pickstock, mm -hmm. Sexton mm -hmm. I out anyone else I did some with my old coach like years ago like when I first started yeah um, but they're like the main ones I've done you've done a good mix definitely yeah I've been to seminars as well which is definitely like I did this at the next fitness model seminar with when Carrie and Abby were doing that and Abby was really really good as well so it is cool to kind of try a different like I feel like every posing coach has their style so it's kind of nice to visit a few and and tweak it to make your own style out of what they show you um so yeah no, that's really really fun as well so if you spend a whole year like posing and making sure you just because I started off posing I looked like such a Bambi like I like I love looking back on the old videos because it was I was so timid and awkward and I didn't know what to do or how to stand or how to make it flow and like practicing 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 has really really helped me to kind of come into my own and be like bring out that like sassy diva on stage because I feel like all you can do is just keep keep going and what really helped me is the fact that my gym doesn't actually have any sort of studio or any mirrors that aren't 
out in the open. So I've had to learn how to pose in my heels on the gym floor, surrounded by loads of office workers at six o'clock staring at me. So I've had no choice but to just get used to people looking at me and me just not giving a shit. So that really, really helped me to kind of develop that. Like, I really don't care who's looking at me, but I'm going to bring my best anyway. And that really made a difference as well. So having time, like, and I think you should just keep learning how to pose in your off season as well, because you can always get better and kind of get like make things flow a bit more be more fluid be more confident and that is so important on stage like you can really see the difference between someone that has paid attention to their posing and someone who has left it too late and hasn't prioritized it because there are so many ways you can show off your physique and what you've built from posing alone so even if you someone might have like a sub optimal physique they might beat someone who has fits the whole criteria physique wise but can't show it all properly you know so it's so important yeah I think so as well. I think it is. I've gone to... How have I gone to? I started off with Emma, uh, posing pro. And then, yeah, I tweaked little ones. But I think it is good to go to a couple. Because um, mm-hmm. as I say, you just pick up those little... It's those little little things that you just... Like, they stick with you at the end of the day. Get your basics nailed with one coach. And then once you feel good, then it's like, okay, let's like build up on this and build up and go mm-hmm. to different ones um yeah no sounds good so what have you got planned for us today are you working I have to finish working I have a coaching call with Luke because Luke has been really good that he's switching over to coaching calls for all of us for the time being so that we stay sane <laughs> so uh I have a check-in call with him and I'm studying I'm trying to figure out when to do my exams because the window they actually were really really nice we're meant to have the MNU um exam window opened yesterday and it's meant to go on for another three weeks but they've actually extended it to five weeks given like the coronavirus circumstances. So that's really, really nice. But it makes me not want to procrastinate because I just want to get it over with. But then I'm like, oh, if I wait another day, I could do more study. But then there's only so much you can squash into your head at a time anyway. And I kind of want to get them over with as well because I've been studying it for a long, long time now and I'm ready to move on, (laughs) close the chapter, move on. So I'm trying to, maybe this weekend, I might try and get the majority of them done and just kind of, get back to have some time off then have some free time to just not be cramming and studying all the time so yeah sounds good sounds good lovely so you know how this ends don't act as if you don't you know the question what's coming what oh makes you not just a bikini girl anything else that you've just mentioned you can't say it if anything else i've just said you can't say anything that you've said before oh god well I sp- I don't know if I haven't said it before but my life is like obviously being a competitor is so it means so much to me and it is a huge part of my life but I'm so adamant to make sure it is not my whole life and it's just a part of who I am because I am a scientist I'm a geneticist I am a clinical trials worker and um, I am a daughter I am a sister I'm a friend I am I am a good food blogger <laughs> I have lots of <laughs> so I've lots and lots of facets um to my personality that isn't just being a bikini girl, although it means so much to me. I am adamant to make sure there's many, many different um sides to my character to make me like a full, whole human being so that it's it's not all I am. So if I eventually do feel like my time as a competitor has come to an end, I have much, much more things about me that I can call it my identity and who I am because that's what I've learned from prep is that you can't use competing as your sole reason for 
being and it can't be your own competing forever you won't be on prep forever and then when that stops you need to know who you are what you stand for what your morals are um and who you are as a human so boom what a way to end it love it bam thank you so much for coming on the podcast babe thank you to everyone as always for tuning in you know to subscribe and do all that fun stuff it means a lot but yeah see you guys in the next episode